a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. With all of the headlines you may have seen recently, what is the state of social media right now and what does it mean for your utility? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect the Podcast. My name is Andy Johns with WordSouth. I'll be your host once again for this one. I'm joined today by another new co-worker. Uh, Gus Wagner is the Director of Legislative uh, and Special Projects for the new um, parent company with uh, Pioneer Utility Resources, Arc Media, and WordSouth all kind of merging into one. Uh, but Gus, that was a mouthful, but thanks for joining me. Sure thing. Glad to be here. So Gus is our, our go-to guy uh, for most things social and everything uh, legislative um, and follows politics very closely, long history um, in Missouri uh, with uh, folks there. But Gus, there's been a lot of headlines uh, lately about social media. There was uh, with Twitter and the president. And and like usual, we're, we're going to try to avoid politics for the most part uh, and try not to get too deep into anything there. But uh, Gus, what are some of the headlines that, that there, there's been a lot of noise, but which ones, what are some of the stories that you're kind of watching uh, that, that really matter uh, to folks in the telco or power world right now when it comes to what they need to know about social media? Sure. Well, uh, to paraphrase every president ever, the state of social media is still good. Um, All right. <laughs> we are uh, in, an, in an era where everybody's trying to compete for the little bit of uh, advertising dollars that social and, and Google web hasn't go uh, gobbled up. So when we see all these controversies around social media, look at the people who are causing the controversy or are promoting the controversy and understand what their, what, understand what their ulterior motive might be. Interesting. I hadn't really considered that. So, um, yeah. so in the last couple of weeks, uh, you and I have both written a little bit about um, social media. Um, back before Christmas, I had written a little bit about um, kind of a, a answer to some questions we've gotten about utilities being on Parler. Uh, my advice was to not spend time on Parler because we didn't know what was going to happen, and uh, I, I'm feeling pretty good about that opinion at the moment. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Let's see how things turn out. Uh, and then you've written quite a bit about um, uh, the blog post recently about um, stay stick with social, um, even though um, you know there the headlines kind of make your head spin a little bit. But but you still believe um, that it is it is still a very important place uh, for telcos and public power providers to uh, invest um, time and effort. Oh, totally. Yeah, there, uh, when it comes to you know Facebook specifically, but social media in general, there's no more affordable, manageable, editable uh, communications platform available uh, to the co-ops or the or the broadbands. So you know. The, you can control your own media message that's going out to your uh, subscribers and your members out there. Uh, you can promote what you want to promote and set your own budget for and uh, decide who it's going to reach. And um, you can do all this uh, from your phone. You can do this from your desktop. You can do it from your tablet, wherever. Um, it's it's just the best means of communicating to the folks that we do business or that our clients, the people we do business with, who they do business with. 
Exactly. So um, the news, and I was surprised, you know, reading um, your blog post. Um, so Twitter is the one kind of that where, I mean, I guess there's a lot of turmoil in general at social media, but Twitter seems to be one where kind of the, I don't know, is it fair to say kind of the foundations are, are a little shaky right now, but your advice all along has been that that's not really the spot for a lot of um, the co-ops that we work with to be anyway, right? Oh, yeah, completely. Um uh, my, I've got written down in my notes right here, delete Twitter, um, it's in, which is a shame because it used to be my favorite social media platform. And full disclosure, uh, Jack Dorsey grew up about 20 miles away from where I grew up. Uh, we're different ages. Really? but uh, And he went to school here in Rolla. It was, his college studies were at the what is now Missouri State. I don't know. Missouri Technical. I forget what it is. Technical and Engineering. Rolla campus. Uh, okay. University of Missouri system. So Twitter, the, the foundation of Twitter exists uh, in Eastern Missouri, which is where I'm from. Uh, so I was always a big fan of the platform. But currently, it's just devolved into uh, people hiding behind anonymous names, uh, anonymous pictures, uh, and trying to incite uh, people. Uh, you know, we, we those are commonly referred to as trolls, and whether they're real people or robots or what have you. Um, just we, it, there's too much risk of getting trolls engaging with your content for the type of businesses that we work with. So um, I understand it's it, it's a place where influencers reside, but there's a lot of different ways to reach those influencers and to reach the members at the uh, end of the line and at the end of the uh, remote control to uh, uh, then Twitter. Got it. Yeah, I know. Uh, for me, it's it's great for sports or you know, kind of live events happening at the time. But otherwise, I'm I'm not logging in very often. So, folks have heard about, um, and they may use plenty of other platforms. Um, you know, whether it's TikTok right now or Snapchat, or I, I mean, there's there's plenty of platforms out there. But for 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 getting bang for your buck and for getting the eyeballs, um, you know, e- even while Twitter and Instagram, plenty of other platforms. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're getting their fair share, but the 800 pound gorilla in the room, uh, from everything I've read and heard from talking with you is still Facebook, right? Sure. And, uh, 800 pound gorilla is kind of funny since I've been, uh, all wrapped up in the Kong versus Godzilla movie trailer today. So, that's, oh, uh, I had not seen that. I need to check oh, it out. Yeah, look it up. It's pretty, it's going to be a good time this, this spring. So nice. yeah, Facebook, uh, pretty much dominates everything as far as, uh, the number of users, uh, they've broken 3 billion worldwide users, uh, time spent on the platform. Uh, Facebook users generally spend about 38 minutes a day on the platform, and whether that's in one sitting or 38 one-minute increments, that's the average across the platform. Um, but most importantly... Uh-oh. I'm sorry to say, sorry to say that puts me above average, but... Um, <laughs> well, finally, you got something, right? <laughs> <laughs> finally, I'm above average in something. That's That's great, yes. I hope your first grade teacher's listening to this. So. <laughs> but most importantly, it's where the greatest number of the members and subscribers are. Um, and they're also transparent who they are. You know, Mary Jones is Mary Jones. Um, Jim Wilson is Jim Wilson uh, on Facebook. And um, it, it's it's just the the greatest place for us, uh, for our clients to, to reach the folks who are wanting to or need to do business with us on the broadband side and who are members of the co-ops on the electric side. 
Now, I believe it was something you mentioned in your blog post. Uh, a lot of the time, and somebody like myself who came from the the print background from newspapers, um, you know, it's easy to think of um, these platforms as new media. Um, but but really, um, I saw some something in a timeline while I was spending more than thirty minutes a day on Facebook um, the other day. Uh, I saw something in a feed, and it said um, that had happened fourteen years ago, and it happened on Facebook, and it was like. You know, wow, that's um, this has been around a while. It's not really new media anymore. When it's, I mean, it's definitely maturing. Sure. Now, Facebook existed uh, before 2007 when it was uh, just available to the college students and on college campuses and such. And it broke out to the general public in 2007, the same year that Twitter rolled out uh, to the general public. Uh, so, you know, you saying 14 years kind of shipped me because I'm used to saying 12 years, but. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it's 14 years now. Wow. I was, I was just going to say, should just show the dominance of, of social media and digital media. Um, 80% of ad spend, all general ad spend these days, um, is spent on Google and Facebook. So, uh, digital placements, search engine optimist, or search engine marketing and Facebook ads, uh, is where everybody from the local small business to the top, 10 of the Forbes uh, 500. Uh, that's where they're putting their advertising dollars at. Got it. And we've got a, we've got a podcast coming up next month. That's going to really dive into digital advertising that I'm, I'm excited to share with everybody. Um, but so what does that mean for the platform? You know, the way that a business might have gotten onto Facebook 10, uh, you know, we can say 10, 12 years ago, um, eight, nine years ago, whatever time frame you want to use. How has it changed the way it certainly got a lot more uh, sophisticated in the way I know some of the things that that you do that ARC helps folks do. Um, how would you say um, that it has gotten a lot more sophisticated in the last few years as the media has matured? Um, I'd say, you know, it's just a, a fact of daily life now to, to engage on social media for the for the end users, uh, the people who are scrolling or, or thumb scrolling or uh, mouse scrolling, whatever they're doing. Um, which is interesting as well, because uh, according to our stats, 98% of the interactions that take place across our co-op and broadband clients on, on Facebook is on a, on a uh, mobile device. So 98%. 98%. Wow. 98%. Yeah. And that tracks pretty well with fast Facebook's numbers as well. They're a little bit lower, but uh, uh, ours, ours have been tracking around 98% for years now. Um, things that have changed in the platform is, is the biggest change from, seven, 10 years ago is organic reach is dead. Uh, absolutely, absolutely dead. There used to be times where you would reach with an organic post, just posting to your Facebook business page, you'd reach 15, 20%. And that great number has gradually gone down um, uh, over the past decade plus. And now we see uh, somewhere around 5% potentially, uh, uh, meaning that you, if your post, if you've got a hundred fans on your Facebook page, you're only going to reach five of them organically. And that's put a lot of consternation into folks uh, using Facebook for their marketing platforms. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of strategies. We have a lot of, uh, tools at our disposal on our side behind the curtain to make sure that we're reaching more of the members and subscribers, uh, than 5%. Um, additionally, additional changes uh, would be, you know, the, the type of, of formats. You know, everybody's doing stories these days, but 
photo and video uploads. Video wasn't a thing when Facebook first rolled out to the general public. Uh, so you could only post still images and such. That came out, oh, 10, 11 years ago. And that has just grown and grown to be the biggest uh, engagement tool, the type of post that uh, gets the best, best engagement on Facebook uh, is uh, video posts. So those are two. Those are two big ideas or two big changes. Sure. So uh, I had just just a couple or three things uh, left for you here. Um, yeah. How has the the pandemic um, impacted things that you've seen? I mean, I know that there there's not many aspects of life that. Um, you know, the, the coronavirus pandemic has not um, impacted in some way. So if we're lo- talking about the the state of social media or kind of where things are with social media right now, I would imagine that has to play a role too. So what what have you seen um, the pandemic, uh, what ways have you seen uh, it influence um, the way people are interacting or, or kind of the world of social media right now? You know, I think the biggest changes uh, since the pandemic uh, began uh, worldwide is that you know the social media platforms themselves have instituted some changes and in what can be done or what can be said. Um, just trying to control some of the negativity out there. Of course, you know in the United States, the pandemic coincided with the presidential election, so that just uh, doubled uh, the amount of uh, potential negative con- content that's out there uh, from. Uh, people posting. So, right. you know, Facebook and Twitter and everybody else has been clamping down on this type of, of content. Um, the algorithm that powers all the social media tools, there's constant adjustments, probably a daily adjustment uh, to those, uh, to those algorithms, which, you know, allow, allow your content to be seen and when it, when it's going to be seen and such. Uh, we saw a drop in late summer, early fall of 2020, but that was completely due to Facebook uh, making some adjustments on their side, not anything that the pages and such would do. But overall, throughout 2020 uh, and heading into uh, 2021, I think our, our engagement numbers pretty much uh, uh, were the same as 2019. I think our reach numbers actually increased in some areas uh, of the country. and. Um, um, you know, I did. We did not see from from the co-op nor or broadband perspective any real negative uh, engagements or interactions and stuff. But it's always a risk that we look out for, um, for with uh, with people commenting on the posts that we make or sharing it and, and sure. adding their own editorial content and such. So try to we try to monitor that negativity uh, very closely. Sure. Uh, speaking of of negative, um, obviously the uh, what we alluded to at the beginning of the conversation with the headlines. Uh, I don't want us to get too uh, political here, but I know that that you follow this as closely as anybody. Um, with the the changes that are being made, um, you know, there was talk about the just to run through a few of the headlines. Um, you know, the, the first we saw. Um, the former president being uh, banned from Twitter. There were a lot of folks that said they were going to jump off. I know Parler had kind of um, risen up as a place um, where a lot of uh, you know more conservative-minded folks were um, were using that um, to a small degree, I guess, big picture. Um, and then it seems like just wave after wave. There's there's been a lot of headlines up and down um, since the. Um, 
since the whatever we want to call it that happened at the Capitol um, a few weeks back. So right. we talked about how things had changed during the pandemic, but how have you seen things just in the last few weeks um, change, if anything, um, on social media related to um, the events at the, the Capitol a couple weeks back? Well, I'll back it up to a, a little bit further in the past. Um, okay. The day after the election, uh, Facebook shut down uh, any advertising related to politics, public policy, um, anything of, of, that could come around the government uh, sphere of influence. So we can't even promote content related to the coronavirus right now, uh, much less target campaigns towards elected officials. Um, and that blackout has been in place since the day after the election, and it is going to exist for an undetermined time. I've been saying until we can all play play nice together. Uh, right, we're all in timeout. Hopefully, that day comes soon. Um, as far as people getting shut down or locked out or kicked out of platforms and stuff, we do have to understand that we are all playing on rented ground. Uh, Facebook is uh, publicly traded. Twitter is publicly traded, and such. They these are not. First Amendment issues um, as far as people getting kicked off the platforms and such. So, you know, it's uh, Facebook's right to censor. It's Twitter's right to censor. It's TikTok's right to censor. And they've all taken various steps to make sure that uh, content inciting violence, content uh, that is uh, urging attacks against elected officials, for example, uh, that, that that content does not get uh, published out to the, to the general public. Um, but uh, you know they have not done anything outside of the advertising restrictions that would uh, impact the electric co-ops or the broadband telcos at this time. Gotcha. In terms of overall usership or, or user numbers, have you seen any? Um, I mean, you know, there's talk about people are going to boycott uh, this platform or that platform. Have you seen anything to indicate that there are um, the numbers are slipping uh, in any particular platforms? No, not really. We are not seeing any great loss of fans. Uh, so people may have gone to other platforms, but they did not delete their Facebook uh, page or profile, for example. And um, we've seen uh, consistency across all the key metrics that we track. Got it. Now, last thing I had for you, um, I don't know if you had to ch- have a chance to get out your crystal ball um, and, you know, let's look into the future a little bit. Um, obviously, um, it's it's tough to predict anything um, coming up. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if going back to the election, um, both sides were kind of taking swings at big tech from time to time. Um, right. there, there's talk of, uh, you know, regulation and policy and things along those lines. Um, there's also, it seems like a new social platform, um, arriving every few weeks, um, that we need to, um, pay attention to, but what, what do you see as we look forward into 2021 and beyond? Uh, what do you see as some of the things, uh, coming up? Uh, if, if you're, if you are not comfortable predicting they're going to happen, then at least things are trends that, uh, folks need to kind of keep an ear out for and, and pay attention to that, that might be, um, coming up in the, the short or uh, midterm? Sure. I think the first thing is that uh, there's been a lot of conversation around Section 230, uh, and that's the uh, federal statute that protects social media platforms from liability for content that's published on their uh, platforms by ordinary users or extreme users or what have you users. I do not believe that will be uh, removed 
which would make Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, liable for any content that would incite violence or incite uh, personal attacks. That would be a major game changer there. That would be a major game changer, and I do not believe that's going to happen. Uh, There will be congressional hearings as we head further into 2021. But, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter have both said that they are open to uh, greater greater regulation uh, of their platforms by the government. Uh, So I think there's if there's anything coming down the pike as far as uh, changes made uh, by regulation, it will be something that all parties agree to and all parties work from because. Uh, everybody wants the good story of, hey, look what we did to uh, slow down Facebook or what we did to slow down Twitter, um, et cetera. So there's going to be a lot of political theater uh, regarding social media and televised hearings and such. And and the traditional forms of media will cover that in great depth uh, and and, uh, make sure those are headline stories or front page stories because that's their competition. Got it. Um, now I am I'm notoriously bad at this. I was convinced when Vine came out that Vine was going to be it. It was going to be like the platform I was going to love. And then on the flip side, when I heard about Instagram, I was like, yeah, that's not really going to be a thing. Um, so I I missed both of those. But are uh-huh. there any pla- are there any platforms that you see um, uh, at varying stages of um, you know, maybe there's some folks have heard of, maybe they're not. Is there anything kind of, kind of coming that you see as a, as kind of a growing platform or an emerging platform or, or one that you expect to kind of make any moves uh, this year in terms of growth? Sure. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's always new platforms coming out or uh, platforms that exist in other countries expanding into different countries or new, new areas of the world. Um, the one we're hearing of the most chatter about right now is called Clubhouse. And Clubhouse is uh, only for um, Apple users at this point. There's no Android app available at this time. And what Clubhouse is, it's basically an interactive podcast. Uh, You create, if you're lucky enough to get an invite to the platform, because it's still a beta stage, um, people can go in there and find different rooms and then uh, have actual vocal conversations with people, um, be they leaders or hosts of a room or Uh, what have you. There's no limit to what kind of topics are on there at this time. Um, That's the shiny object that people are chasing right now. I don't really see the public latching onto it uh, because it it involves uh, listening and sitting still and focusing on a conversation. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I I don't see that catching on with the general public, but that's the shiny object right now. Um, I think that, uh, you know, other things that are going to see improvements on the different social media platforms on Facebook, they're very, very big. Again, this year into virtual reality, um, they have their Oculus system and uh, that's gaining a lot of steam and we're starting to see uh, more games and more uh, real life experiences. Um, people have been using it uh, very, it's been very popular during the pandemic uh, because people can set up virtual tours and slap on their Oculus goggles and go see the zoo or go see what have you, um, through, through that system. Twitter is still trying to figure out what it's going to be now. Uh, they've recently bought uh, some new, uh, some companies that are, could uh, increase their footprint into video and into audio as well. They're working on a, 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 a offering called Twitter Spaces, which is going to be a Clubhouse type of uh, tool. They're already trying to kill Clubhouse. Um, 
but uh, there'll be a place where people can go and vocally engage through Twitter um, on various topics. So I, I think the, but in the grand scheme of things, the, the user base is still there. They're, they're going to try shiny objects. We all get attracted to shiny objects, but the, the user base on the uh, most popular social media platforms is going to stay where it's at. Got it. Well, that makes sense. I, uh, I appreciate all of that insight. Uh, those are definitely things to keep up with. And I appreciate you vocally engaging uh, with me as it were here. I guess we're ahead of the curve there. Um, but I, I appreciate you taking the time to join me. He is Gus Wagner. He is the Director of Legislative and Special Projects for ARC Media, WordSouth, and Pioneer Resources, Pioneer Utility Resources. I am Andy Johns, your host. We've got some uh, great podcasts coming up. I'm excited. I've got four or five more scheduled. Um, and then I'll give a little teaser here. Um, Carrie Huckabee is working on a special uh, series that we've got coming out all about customer experience that we're looking to come out in April. She's talked to some heavy hitters in the um, uh, marketing communications and uh, member relations, customer relations area at telcos around the country. I'm really excited about how that comes out. Uh, we've also got, if you've not checked out our Rural Broadband Today podcast, um, it has uh, plenty of policy experts. And uh, if you've enjoyed the talk here about um, getting into policy and politics a little bit, they've got some great guests on there as well. Rural Broadband Today is the name of that podcast available on all of your favorite platforms. Thanks again for listening. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.